Libros Schmibros is a podcast exploring the people, books, movies, and ideas that Angelinos care about in a thoughtful way that even New Yorkers can understand. We're coming to you from Libros Schmibros, our nonprofit bilingual lending library in Boyle Heights, on the west coast of the country and the east bank of the mighty Los Angeles River. So we're recording. Cool. So I'm Cuauhtémoc Hernández. Uh, this is the Libro Schmibros podcast. Our, for today's guest, we have um, Gajin Fujita, who uh, is a uh, really well-known um, artist, painter, um, graffiti artist as well. Uh, and recently, his uh, art was featured in the most recent uh, LA Public Library card. So we're really excited for you to be here. Uh, and thank you for taking the time um, so I just wanted to, uh, yeah, introduce myself and, um, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm really happy that you're here. So, uh, how, how are you? How, how are you doing? Today? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Um, under all this, the circumstances that's going around in this world, you know, not only just LA, but just the world and messed up, but yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, it's going to be like a weird 4th of July weekend. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like this. Uh, in my life, um, but yeah, it's um, I'm I'm excited to be on uh, this Zoom interview with you, and uh, um, I'm always uh, down to represent Boyle Heights in LA, my roots. You know, awesome. Cool. So yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get started with that, with Boyle Heights. Uh, so we're actually, yeah, we're based here in Boyle Heights in Mariachi Plaza. Mm -hmm. And you you grew up in Boyle Heights. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Boyle Heights. Um, you know, my mom still lives off of uh, Fort and Lorena, uh, right by the old 4th Street Bridge right there. Um, actually, right on the corner of Eagle and Lorena. Um, and... Yeah, it, it was, uh, um, you know, the Stevenson Library uh, was the first library that I visited in, you know, straight smack in the middle of Boyle Heights. And uh, uh, that's where my um, love and affinity for, for books uh, came from. Well, actually, from, from my parents, you know, my dad was trying to educate us, um, my brothers and I, but yeah, that um, Boyle Heights was, uh, growing up in Boyle Heights was a trip, because I was like, my family were, were like the only few Japanese-American families that lived in Boyle Heights, you know, it was more predominantly Latinos, mm -hmm. um, Mexican-Americans, and, um, but, you know, it, it um, I think I was able to create uh, tough skin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Boyle Heights was also historically a Japanese community, and there's still a, a, a pretty sizable Japanese community, like close to the um, the the Buddhist temple and the elementary school around there. Were was that part of? Uh, did you did you connect with the Japanese American community in, in Boyle Heights, or or were you a little? Um, more you know what I. Um, I went for one year, like, during, I think I was in first grade, so this is like, maybe like the late 70s, and I, I know there was a Japanese uh, language school that I, I had gone to on the weekend, like on a Saturday, um, right there off of, um, let's say, was it first? Um, there's a food for less right there by yeah 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 uh, the temple's right across the street and, and the yeah church. right there yeah the church right there I used to um, my mom put me in the language Japanese language school for one year and after that my parents you know since they're immigrants from Japan they said um, forget forget going paying you know. Uh, for my tuition and, and we'll just teach our, our kids uh, here at home. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, my mom taught us uh, some of the language is kind of kind of cool um, now that I look back to it. 
you, you mentioned uh, growing up in Boyle Heights, it, it kind of, you know, you, you had to build tough, tough skin. I imagine, you know, you mentioned before you've been like a, you were a minority in, within, among Amongst minority. minority, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> did you, did yeah. you ever feel like you had to assimilate or did you em embrace that, like, standing out? Like, how did, how did that, how did I, that work? <laughs> I think assimilation just came naturally. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think it goes, it's true for my brothers as well. Um, it's, yeah, uh, standing out, just, uh, there was no choice. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, you know, I, I, we were hazed and picked on um, in the beginning, but, you know, you, you begin to, I guess, grow on them and uh, they start to understand that you're, uh, you're no different. You know, you, we, we all bleed red blood, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it, and it was cool. Like, I already knew um, the kids that, that I played with on the block, you know, uh, in my neighborhood. So um, going up in Boyle Heights, it was kind of, um, I got this warm family, you know, um, kind of a community, warm community sense and feeling um, from from all the neighbors and, and uh, friends that I played with on the block, you know, every time, every time, every year during Christmas, they would invite us for tamales and it was like, all the mothers on the block were competing against each other. <laughs> Who makes the best tamales? You, you better say it's mine, you know, like. <laughs> um, and yeah, like food broke down a lot of barriers that they, you know. Mm. Um, and they were warm and welcoming. Every one of them, every one of the families that invited us, you know, us meaning my brothers and I, and they were they would always invite us for like barbecues, carne asada, tamales, on, and during Christmas, and um, yeah. So I, I, you know, once I gotten used to, or kind of assimilated into the community, it, they were all warm and welcoming, and um, I still talk to few of my neighbors that I grew up with, you know, as adults. And I think that's a, that's a great bond to hold, you know. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, yeah. so I'm, I want to kind of shift a little bit. So um, you, mm -hmm. you grew up in Bull Heights, you spent a lot of time in Bull Heights, but then in, in high school, you, you went to Fairfax High. So you had to go yeah. towards Hollywood, right? And I've read that yeah. you, you had to take like a, two-hour bus rides one way and then two hours yeah. the other way. Yeah. So what what did you learn about the, the LA landscape by being bused to school and being introduced to, to these different neighborhoods? Like what was the, like how did it differ from, from your upbringing? <laughs> well, of course, I um, started out in the magnet program actually um, when I went up to middle school, junior high school. Um, so I went to a junior high, which was uh, a multi-graded school. It was from fourth grade all the way through high school called LACES, Center for Enriched Studies. Mm -hmm. And um, they were located in mid-city uh, off of Pico in Arlington. And so that, that was like really the beginning of my journeys uh, towards the West, um, passing downtown. Up until then, I did not know that there was like this whole vast community uh, and county of LA that ex uh, um, that was out there. And you know, riding the bus, it opened my eyes up to see first and foremost how um, there's a difference in classes, mm. you know. As you head more west, the communities start getting more wealthier, 
and richer you can you can kind of see it you know and 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 um it's it's obvious you know like uh, and blatant like uh day you know <laughs> um and that's what i noticed um and it taught me about the landscape of of uh los angeles in the basin here yeah and did you like when you were in high school i imagine you you probably spent a lot of time on on melrose and uh, yeah yeah i, I mean um I, did, I actually didn't take the melrose bus because it was always jam-packed after school all the kids would be so there would be like five i was talking to this with my friend that i went to fairfax with and he because he he started catching tags on the rtds what we now call metro um so the buses the rtd buses would be lined up in front of fairfax high on melrose like five six buses deep and every one of them was just filled to capacity because all the kids wanted to go home right after school and, and, the, and the sidewalk was just jam-packed with people and so that gave a great opportunity for like the taggers to go on you know and catch tags on the bus because the bus drivers couldn't really see because they were blocked their views were blocked with all the students that were trying to jump on the bus you know and um so yeah i i, I did um walk around melrose but um i took the fairfax line down when i went home and i played baseball and sports so i had to stay after school um uh so i spent a lot of time like on the the field there at fairfax <laughs> um but more time on fairfax on wilshire um and i i took the wilshire because the wilshire bus the lines had an express line mm. you know like um, kind of. yeah, yeah yeah and and so you you didn't have to like the buses didn't have to stop at every block you know um it would only stop at like major intersections like la cienega fairfax la brea uh western you know and and so on and so forth till you end up in downtown then i transferred onto like the 31 or the 30 um that would take me or no i i'm sorry i transferred onto the 18 that was the sixth street and it took me through the sixth street bridge back onto Whittier and I would get get home like that um it, uh, the that 18 line would stop at um Whittier and Lorena hmm. yeah that and must have I, been really yeah like that juxtaposition like you know <laughs> yeah. like East LA and, and the west side like yeah, yeah like did you were you already at that point um tagging or or doing graffiti yeah yeah i was well into it um so i i started you know doing graffiti and tagging on the buses like in junior high when i was when i was going to that lacs in in, in mid city um because that was around when i started uh, uh laces it was around 84 85 and that's right when the the storm the fire of uh, hip-hop like moved out west People were breakdancing. I mean, I went to Lorena Street School Elementary, and right when I was uh, about to graduate and leaving Lorena, um, they were already uh, breakdancing and popping and stuff like that. So the wave of that trend was already hitting uh, the West Coast and LA very hard. And then we transitioned into from break dancing to doing graffiti and i met a bunch of uh sort of uh outcast or you know uh kids who who liked hip-hop and you know we all saw uh that sort of documentary uh called star wars that came uh, that aired on uh, pbs channel 28 back then and um yeah, we, we we were all just fascinated by it. Just like 
wow, kids in New York do this stuff, you know, like, wow, that's crazy. And it's, it is like a totally, you know, we started out with like markers and uh, little tools, you know, uh, to get your name up. And then the, the, the ultimate was to have, uh, to be able to use the spray can and have can control. <laughs> that was the, the biggest thing. And, um, you know, yeah, so spray painting and doing graffiti started like around 85, 86 for me. And your, your experience is really unique, too, because you've mentioned that your dad used to go out with you sometimes. So how, can you talk about that? Because usually it's like, you know, like frowned upon, like, you know, they want to parents want to keep you off of this. Yeah. So how, how was that? Like, because your, your dad background, he was also an, an artist, a painter. Right? Yes, a painter. And, um, you know, he he came out from Japan with my mom um, in 1970. Uh, to go to Otis uh, Art College uh, and study painting. Um, but yeah, when, um, you know, uh, when I started getting really heavily into graffiti, like going out at night, um, my house was a little tiny, so it was hard to kind of sneak out, you know, two in the morning. So my my friend, Tony, I remember my friend Tony, this guy who, uh, um, good friend of mine from the STN K2S crew um, would pull up to my house at like two in the morning and come knocking on my door. My dad would still be up, right? And um, <laughs> I would never forget this. Tony would just be like, hey, is God Gene here? Because <laughs> my dad would answer the door, you know, open the door and, um, and you know, my dad would be like, God Gene, hey, your friends here, you know, you guys gonna go do art or whatever. And I, you know, I played it off like, yeah, we're gonna go paint, like do art, you know. And my dad said, well, just be careful. He knew we were doing graffiti, but he mm -hmm. he just said, just be careful, and you know, make sure he comes, make sure he comes back, you know. And that was it. He let me go out. I was like, wow. Um, and then uh, we used to go painting at, in in graffiti yards. Uh, there was mm -hmm. there were a few of them in LA um, the west side there was the Motor National yard um, by Motor National and then here <clears throat> uh, the Belmont tunnels right by Belmont High School okay. and um, by the East LA Occupational Center right underneath the Occupational Center by the Ramona Gardens uh, projects, uh, there was a, a yard called the Panic Zone. It was a train yard, basically, and they, there were tall, tall walls there right under the occupational center, <laughs> and we used to go paint there, and yeah, my dad came along one time. He said, he, I want to watch you guys. Like, he was fascinated by the, the spray can tool, obviously, that sprayed out color, you know? It's like a, a, a sort of like a futuristic tool, uh, a painting tool you know and so yeah he was fascinated by it and um yeah he came out and painted with us um and he got in the tunnels too and what's that he got in in the tunnels too in the belmont tunnels and when no he didn't come to the belmont tunnels but he i do remember he he was always um very encouraging and um you know he he loved that we were doing art on the street, out on the streets, and um, friends of my, uh, my friends and I had painted uh, the entrance to the freeway in the Aliso Pico uh, projects um, right off of Fourth and near Clarence, I think. I don't know what mm -hmm. the uh right right by the freeway entrance uh there was a building we did a a piece called education and um i think Ed, edward james almost used almost used it in the book but it was a a project um introduced to us by my friend heaven carlos that that lived in the project and worked closely with father greg boyle um of uh, homeboy industries yeah 
and my dad was posted up right there just watching this thing <laughs> the whole day the whole weekend you know it was it, it was fun times um yeah and i miss my dad i, I you know I, I i wish he was around to see uh what has come about and um where graffiti has been taken to now you know um today it's like wow uh, i would have never imagined when um when i was doing graffiti out in the streets uh that it would blow up so so much you know it's it's global you know and people people are practicing graffiti all over the world now and and uh it's amazing to see the level of uh of skill and um uh just uh excellence in 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 the craft some of these artists have uh produced now it uh it always intrigues me but that's just uh evolution of uh the nature of mankind i think you know so as far as your training in, in school um you mentioned your, your your dad wanted to go to otis you ultimately you ended up going to otis um, mm -hmm. before, before you transferred to Otis, you were at East LA Community College. Can you, can you yeah. share a little bit about, uh, about that experience, how, how your experience going to ELAC, uh, help, help you yeah. on your path? Sure. Um, so East LA College was just, just as how junior colleges, I guess, work, uh, was like a stepping stone, you know, and I met some great instructors and professors there as well that was that were uh very encouraging to me um because i was lost uh that was uh right after i had graduated fairfax high oh and by the way fairfax high had a visual arts magnet program so it was i i was lucky uh uh to have been going to these schools that um had art classes and uh, promoted, you know, uh, the study of arts in all forms, not just visual arts, but uh, theater, um, music, you know. Uh, I think now the public schools lack uh, a lot of these classes, um, which is sad. I, I wish they would bring them back because it, it certainly really helped me. And um that's what kept the uh fire of creativity uh, burning inside me and and um how i ended up in east la college because uh, after fairfax i i was kind of lost i didn't know what to do and i was out there partying with my friends you know and doing graffiti and just uh um not having to worry about and no pressure about what I'm going to be doing in, in the future, but you know, uh, it, it slow, it not slowly, but it fast, it, it rapidly catches up to you. And um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Paul, uh, who, who's another graffiti artist, um, uh, his father knew my father. Uh, they, they, both our parents were uh, painters and artists and Japanese as well. So um, I was hanging out with Paul a lot. And um, one day we were like, you know, getting wasted and we were just thinking like, damn, maybe we should take up some art classes again, you know? Um, and we decided to take our asses to, to East LA College and take a bunch of art classes, art history. And um, uh, soon as soon after you, I knew like I've accumulated all these credits and um, the, the painting professors and drawing professors there uh, took note of us, I guess, and saw that, you know, we can take our, our talent um, uh, to a higher education. And they encouraged us into looking into um, Otis and, and and the art colleges that we're uh, blessed to have in in our city, you know, and that's uh, so East LA College was a great experience, and 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 great many numbers of of um, 
awesome artists have uh, gone to East LA College as well. Uh, Kent Twitchell, um, oh gosh, um, I'm sorry, I can't think of his name. Like a lot of the ASCO people and... ASCO people, um, but as well, um, oh my gosh, I should know his name. Um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, uh, he's just super famous. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there were there were many um, great artists that came out of East LA College, and I, I'm I'm glad that I followed the tradition, so to speak. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a good experience. Although I I hated art history, <laughs> I think I failed like twice in art history class. Um, it was just due to uh, um, having the class uh, being at night, you know, from mm -hmm. seven to ten. My my attention span wasn't there, and I couldn't pay attention. It was just because art history is so lengthy and deep, you know. It's like <laughs> it's world history, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so once you once you were oh, at Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I remember it's um, Gronk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gronk. Awesome. Yeah. And I think Edward James almost as well. Wow. So yeah. um, you, want, when you were at Otis, that's when um, you were approached by the LA Louvre? Was that around that, that time? Well, no. Um, so at, even at Otis, um, I did. I did my uh, bachelor's there, and um, Peter Gould of LA Louvre Gal Gallery, uh, the owner, um, he was part of the the board or the the trustees. I think he was part of a, a board member at, at the at Otis, and he took notice of my sort of thesis show. Um, of all the seniors uh, before we graduate we, we um, that the college throws and um, I guess he he claims that he he saw my work th then like in 97 mm. but you know I was getting ready to I was I was already graduating and um, LA Louver didn't pick me up until after I graduated grad grad school from oh, UNLV, okay. yeah. So, so we've so, we've gone over the thirty minutes, but I hopefully we can talk for ten more minutes or. or it's okay. Uh, okay, as long as you got time, man. Yeah, no, no. I would. I mean, yeah. I I have so many questions, but I I, yeah, I want to be you know, respecting, respecting your time. So um, thank you. So, yeah. So since we're on the subject of LA Louver, um, you know, it's one of the premier galleries in LA and, and the world really um, sure. yeah and um, so I just want to congratulate you because recently <laughs> you won, yeah you won the your exhibit uh, Wicked Beauty from 2002 uh, won the oh, the best exhibit in in the gallery's history and it's got it's it's had a really long history over 40 years and you went up against David Hockney so that's you know that's monumental <laughs> so congrats on that oh thank you thanks um you know, I think that was just all for fun. Um, it, was, it was like funsies. Uh, <laughs> I, you know. Uh, no, but, but they, I, have a, I, they have a great a great roster. Like I, I, I went last year. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw Allison Sars um, yeah. exhibit there. And they, um, yeah, like, so what, what makes that gallery so unique for, for those that might not be familiar? Um, well, for one, like you said, they they have a long history um, in the city of LA. You know, they they've been there in Venice for over forty years, and uh, they show um, uh, they they uh, specifically show uh, artists that are contemporary Ameri American contemporary artists as well as uh, European contemporary artists and you know so, some of the 
artists that have been there like way before me are are now much older but uh are very established and uh you know uh world renowned you know they they're not like me they they're really world renowned um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, i i'm blessed to, that you know that that they picked me up and i i've always had a great rapport with the owner peter there and um it's been a a great ride you know uh i've been there for almost nearly 20 years uh cuz my first solo show um was in 2002 uh wicked beauty hmm. and then before that i was in a, a group show called rogue wave and um that's when i got recruited in 2001 uh into into the gallery at la louver um but yeah i th- i think they show awesome artists um from la as well as from internationally and uh uh the artists seem to um most of the artists seem to be um really honed in on the craft the making of and the creating of their their pieces um as opposed to uh you know there are artists out there like Jeff Koons who mass produce a piece you know and uh they probably don't even touch it you know they they they, they don't even work on it themselves it's it's like on a a conveyor belt being you know mass produced um whereas LA I think the artists uh that are represented by LA Louver they all sort of have that human touch in their works and I think uh, and, and for me that's very important um cuz whenever I see um like a Caravaggio or some some work from the renaissance or some work from history long long time ago i'm always um just in all to be in front of something where the artist had a hand in it you know the human touch um uh the pragmatism in it i think is very important to me and uh that's what i think la louver focuses on um uh uh in in uh their roster of artists and that's I think that's, yeah that's, that's what makes it special yeah wow thanks for yeah thanks for sharing that um, <laughs> <laughs> um so i want to talk about a few of your your paintings i mentioned earlier i i sure. i chose five paintings that some yeah. that you've done very recently um this year mm-hmm. and some from last year um mm-hmm. and i want to talk about these paintings because the subject of the city of LA is is really prominent. Yeah. Um, so if you can just talk about some of the symbols that you've used um we'll start off with a no man's land uh that you did in okay. you did recently um and that you know it has the landscape of LA um and it it features the street sign of North Spring. Oh thank you for putting it up. <laughs> so Can you can you talk a little bit about why you chose to depict that that area in LA? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um well I you know this was I think it's like a um like a quasi series that I was at after of uh, landscapes that of the city that I kind of walked upon. <laughs> and um it just so happened uh for this particular no man's land painting um we <laughs> hate to say this but we were my wife and i and my friend we were drinking at there's a there's a um a brewery right across the street from uh this corner north spring it's uh by the, the corner yeah the state historic park yeah 
Yeah. Uh, what is it called? The uh, Highland Park Brewery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and my friend and I were catching tags on the on the news, uh, <laughs> the newspaper box and stuff, you know. And um, my wife happened to to take some pictures of that corner um, of of us like catching tags and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um later on i i saw the i saw the uh my my wife shared the photograph with what she took with me and i thought wow this this um composition looks pretty really cool you know and dynamic so um you know it was it was the photo of the the telephone poles and the in the newspaper box and all the um, things that you might catch uh, in the city, mm -hmm. uh, objects, you know. And uh, also I was, um, now that I live in Echo Park, uh, kind of in the, the, the hills, uh, there's a lot of, it's like the, being in a forest near the city mm -hmm. and, um, I see lots of uh, animals that are um, that have like assimilated with mankind, and you know, so you got coyotes, raccoons, squirrels, uh, owls, uh, red-tailed hawks, and um, so I, I I have been seeing a lot of um, red-tailed hawks and coyotes, um, and they're they're you know they they kind of are our rivals because they're they're after food you know and and uh um so that that's where the idea of uh using these um uh they're called tengus uh half man half bird uh sort of myth mythological creatures characters from japanese myth um kind of going at it with this uh, coyote at the bottom um and i thought it would be nice to kind of juxtapose it with this composition of uh spring street in the corner and uh you know i was trying to think of what they call that area in like chinatown you know, right yeah, it's right by Chinatown, right on the edge of Chinatown and the beginning of like Lincoln Heights. Mm. But you're, you're not quite in Lincoln Heights yet because you haven't crossed the train tracks. So um, I was talking to, I was asking my friend, like, what would you call, you know, my friend Alex uh, Deffer, who um, is an, another graffiti writer and a childhood friend. Um, and I asked him, like, what would you call this area? Because he knows a lot of the, the layout and the landscape of LA and, you know, um, and sort of like the neighborhoods that, that uh, surround the, these areas. And he was like, I don't know, man. It's like a no man's land right there. There's nobody, there's no neighborhood that claims that area really, you know? And I was like, man, no man's land. That sounds tough, you know, like that, that sounds tough. But, you know, of course, it, if you look back into history, all of LA was uh, uh, Tonga, mm -hmm. uh, the Na Native Americans, uh, the Indians, uh, Native Americans, I should say. Um, I gotta be PC now, man. I can't say, I can't just blurt out Indian anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, no, that's the, the reference, yeah, to like the indigenous area mm -hmm. is you know, like you, you, men you mentioned like the coyotes and you know, these animals that have survived, you know, through yeah. different periods, you know, right. colonization and it's they're still here, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I, I've been kind of in my mind, those are the, the intrigue fascinations I've been going through you know and um, that's why I, I, I created this piece and then a lot of people noticed because I, I put up the the North Springs street sign yeah um, and they they recognize it immediately because it's the corner where Nick's cafe is oh, okay yeah 
and um, people are like, oh yeah, they, they recognize it. That's Nick's Cafe right there, you know. Um, but uh, I also like to sort of um, uh, use the, the sort of city street landscape because um, those who know, know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and, and this is one of the reasons why I, I wanted to talk about that. And, and since you mentioned the street sign, uh, another mm -hmm. painting that you just did, I think you mentioned it was the last painting that you did last year, um, Homefield, yes. Homefield LA. And that has another street sign also, and I recognize it. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's pretty close to maybe where you grew up, right? You could, Lorena Street. That's right. That's the street sign um, right on the corner of my mom's house. Okay. So what I've been doing is um, just taking, taking pictures with my phone. You know, and um, I've always grew up at my, at my mom's, you know, um, my parents' home. You could always see, because it's a little higher up. Um, the house sits on like a, 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 a hillside. And um, I was always able to see the, the, the cityscape, the downtownscape uh, from the, from the, front porch of my of where I grew up you know and uh, but for a home field the painting home field um, I thought it would be interesting because I've, I've been on this sort of taking pictures of street signs and um, elements of the street uh, specifically to LA and uh, my experiences you know where the, the, the sidewalks that I've walked on um, so yeah, I, I took a photo of that corner uh, uh, on at my mom's house actually, and it's the stop sign right on that corner. And um, I always tripped out on that street sign, Lorena, because it was um, it wasn't put up right. Some they they messed it up because it, it 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 swings up or it's it's placed at an angle <laughs> and I was tripped out on it. So um, anyways, uh, I was able to use that. And um, so home field LA is like, a, um, is like kind of like a quasi self portrait. Mm. Uh, there's a silhouette of me, uh, a figure and that's, that's supposed to be myself, but I gold leafed the inside of the figure um, with the patterns of uh, water rippling. It's like an Asiatic uh, design textile pattern. Um, but some people have said that it looks like the Wi-Fi icon, <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm cool with too. I'm, I'm glad, you know, it makes it more, even more contemporary and, <laughs> Um, you know, I want to be, uh, what is it, uh, ethereal, you know, uh, although everywhere, you know, and uh, spread my energy. So, yeah, it's, um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm into sports. So, you know, that's where I grew up. That's the corner where I grew up. So I thought I'd call it home field. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's it's basically like my backyard, um, and also painted the um, uh, the bird of paradise flowers. You know, mm -hmm. something that I grew up with is it in the side of my yard. Um, every day I saw it, but it also I, I realized it, it's also the uh, flower of our city, yeah. bird of paradise. So. Um, yeah, it's like a it's like a self portrait that piece. So I want to talk about a couple more pieces um, because the, the, some of the older pieces you you've worked on, um, mm -hmm. um, you did you did K two S crew and then Kids Gone Bad. So the references to to your tagging crews, um, mm -hmm. and I I want to talk about how that the, the symbolism. You know, you use a Japanese symbolism and you know East LA uh, American mm -hmm. symbolism. 
Um, so the, the samurai is a really prominent symbol that, that you use. And I, I noticed that you depicted your crew as samurai. So can you talk about that connection to you? Like, do you, did you see yourself as a samurai or your crew? Or <laughs> what, what was like the, the connection? Well, I've always been fascinated with samurais and the, the K2S crew piece. Uh, I referenced an old woodblock print of, um, and here's the, the K2S piece. Yeah, the so samurai is wearing like raiders. Yeah. Um, so originally these samurais are from the a true story of Japanese history, the four, the 47 uh, Ronins, um, which it's it's a it's a tale of loyalty. Uh, they avenged uh, their their lord's uh, suicide uh, or harakiri. Uh, he, their their lord. So 40, 47 Ronin uh, samurais went and took revenge for for the killing of their lord, and and they all committed uh, seppuku at the end. Um, and their their graves, their 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 graves are still there. Like, I think in Tokyo, somewhere in Tokyo, uh, you could visit the graves of, of these samurais. And that, you know, that just blows my mind. Um, and they, this uh, story is so popular. They all, you know, in Japan, they always play like the movies of the 47 Ronins um, during New Year's. Um, but anyways, I just thought it would be cool, you know, cause uh, graffiti crews sort of are like, I wouldn't say like a, a street gang, but it's, it, it's a group of, of, of young people, or young guys that, that um, have a thing in common. They, we, we all want to, you know, create and get our names up and, and be recognized. And um, I just thought it would be a great twist if I could uh give use the the original woodblock print image and give it like a more contemporary twist and yeah i um i would i would love to be a samurai but you know <laughs> i don't i don't think i have the discipline to, to be a samurai because it it's pretty uh rigid i think to to become a samurai um, but it does but, require a lot of uh, work ethic and discipline to be a you know successful street you know a street uh, graffiti crew. Um, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, and some of the some of the qualities of you know being disciplined, I think um, can be relative <laughs> to to uh, uh, samurai group and you know, graffiti crew. So mm -hmm. that was sort of the idea behind uh, giving the, the twist. And then, of course, the sports use of the sports um, logos, like the Raiders, for instance. I, you know, I grew up liking the Raiders more than the Rams. Um, but, uh, you know, um, sports, like football, is also like a group sport you know and it has that group mentality and it, they're almost like warriors you know um so that's like another, another added twist i think um yeah and, cool well thanks for sharing yeah. um so i'll just uh ask one more about uh, the piece that you did for the la public library card yes uh, the guardian angel yeah yeah so a lot a lot of your uh your pieces deal with with some sort of struggle. It's usually uh, two different forces struggling. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and you mentioned the, the character Kintaro, it's, it's yeah. an, an amulet for our city, you say, to, to bring peace and positivity. I wanna kind of mm -hmm. talk about that and also how it connects with the, with the other piece you'd made, uh, the, the Reina de los Angeles, uh -huh. uh, because in that one, you have the the Queen of Dragons, who you also say that is, in a way, protecting the city. 
so can you talk about that, how you use these symbols um, and you include these amulets uh, and you talk about protecting the city. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Um, well, uh, you know, uh, in, in Garden Angel, uh, Kintaro um, uh, translates to golden boy. And in, in Japan, um, the Japanese uh, kind of symbolize him because he, he's a mythological character. Uh, and, um, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was born from a, a mountain, mountain woman and a samurai. Uh, and showed uh, great amounts of strength, and and um, uh, so Kintaro would be uh, the symbols, and his images would be used during Boys' Day, uh, which is May fifth, uh, Cinco de Mayo out here, <laughs> and. Um, especially with uh, families that have uh, boys uh, as their as their children, and um, Kintaro is like a is uh, is like a symbol of of strength, courage, um, and all the the things that you know par um, parents would want their children to grow up having um, uh, these sort of values instilled upon their children. And um, a, lot of, a lot of times the woodblock print artists, um, like for instance, this, this particular garden angel um, image, I, I, I referenced an old woodblock print done by Yoshitoshi. Um, they would um, image them in quelling evil and and like for instance he, he right here he's he's uh, taking down a, a demon and um, also Kintaro during New Year's um, there there's images of him throwing um, there's a, a tradition and a custom in like at Buddhist temples, I guess they, they, they um, uh, ward off evil during New Year's by throwing uh, soybeans. Uh, and yeah, uh, households do it too during New Year's to sort of uh, ward off evil spirits and evil out of the house uh, and, and to bring in uh, Good luck, good fortune, um, and good spirit, and, and positivity. I guess. Um, so that's how um, I understand Kintaro, and I thought it would be great if he served as an amulet or like a, a protector, because um, he he is out there to quell evil and and demons and and all the negative stuff that goes on with us humans and um you know i i just thought we have a lot of uh negative stuff out here in our city um that needs to be quelled and i just figured uh kintaro would be a great symbol and and or serve as a great symbol uh to quell all the negative stuff that goes on in the city. And then um, uh, the Dragon Queen is sort of the same idea, um, but it could, for her, it's a little, uh, it's a little different. She's more like a omnipotent character uh, figure out what, well, so when I painted that painting, I was thinking more of like, what if there was something so, so much larger than mankind, you know, something that's omnipotent, 
something that mankind would fear mm -hmm. and um so she's being like a protector but also and watching over us in our city or you know over the world <laughs> globally but then at the same time she's kind of like frowning at us too and 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 looking at us and saying look at you idiots man you know like now look at look at what you had gone and done you know um so that was what i had in mind when i was painting uh queen of the angels yeah well thank you so much for for your time and for sh for sharing all this and um no problem man. yeah uh so you've you know you've offered the city of la multiple uh amulets and multiple like, <laughs> warding off people. So. yeah no i mean so yeah and we're we're all really grateful I, you know you're oh. definitely uh you know one of the 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 leading figures right now in la and i i, I appreciate you for for taking the time uh, so I don't want you to think I'm getting greedy by asking so many more questions. I just have one more question to, sure. to, to end the interview. Um, this is something like a recurring question, and it uh -huh. it goes um, well with uh, a lot of your work because you reference streets and uh, in particular places in LA. So I wanted to ask you, is there an intersection in LA that holds particular importance or, or value to you or maybe to, to LA um, that you would yeah. memorialize? <laughs> Memorialize uh, um, particular intersection wow. or, a, or a street or a street. Hmm. Man, I think I'm being stumped on this one. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, um, I like I've always liked Sunset Boulevard um, just because it continues. It, it's it's nonstop from from the east end all the way out to the ocean to the Pacific it continues you know you can you can stay on sunset boulevard and you pass you'll see all the different classes that i was talking to you about earlier as well um it's one continuous street mm -hmm. that you can end up to the pacific to the edge of uh well, la yeah, and the continent <laughs> and so you know, it's kind of cliche, yeah, Sunset Boulevard, you, you know, it's it's really uh, synonymous with like Hollywood and all that. But, um, you know, it, it starts actually from um, the, the, the train station, um, uh, the, the Pueblo uh, Pico, Pico House hmm. right there, um, Olvera Street, right? It hmm. starts right there. And you could take it all the way out west to the edge of the continent, you know. And I think that's really cool. Like that's really cool. To I, I think you could see a lot of LA if you go down that street, Sunset Boulevard. And so I think Sunset Boulevard will. Yeah. No, will that's, be the, that's a be great street. Yeah, that's yeah. a great answer because it, you, it's right. You're right. You see the the class stratification in one street yes. and how it yes. starts off as because yeah on the east side it's cesar chavez and then right right next and it becomes sunset and um mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of people could would learn about la just by taking the two bus and going yeah. to sunset yeah. like, you know yeah and, and as a student you know junior high and high school i used to take that bus the two you know and and um, it, I, I was always blown away that I could ride the bus all the way to the beach, you know? And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, 
it, it's kind of cliche, but I think it, um, you know, if tourists want to really check out LA, they can jump on the two bus and, and, and see, you know, the different levels of classes, classes as well as just like uh, a, a great deal of what LA has to offer. Well, thank you so so much, um, and thank oh, and, and thanks to to Angela, your wife, also for helping set this up. Um, oh, she she's like all smiles right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and yeah, I I mentioned it was going to be thirty minutes, but you you know you had such great stories and. Um, it's okay, I'm 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 glad that I can share, and I, I hope people are will be into it. But I'm glad I, I can just I can share. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, I was watching you yesterday. Um, you you did a whole oh, were... on dragons for, on the LA Weaver, <laughs> and people could probably still check it out. It's it's on their uh, Instagram live. Um, but yeah, that was phenomenal. Like you, how you oh, gave a whole like art history class on on dragons. <laughs> of East you know, uh, I think dragons could just be like a whole series because there's so many. Uh, information and it's it's almost like cliche you know dragons are so popular worldwide you know um, but uh, I hope I was able to give out some tidbits of information that wasn't uh, that people didn't know about you know yeah, yeah no, that's, I, I didn't, I didn't want to ask you a question about dragons because I feel like you covered a lot <laughs> yesterday. I, yeah I encourage people to to check that out I, yeah I, I learned a lot and I appreciated the way that you you kind of talked about the way that dragons are portrayed in the West as something, uh -huh. yeah, as something like demonic and something that we have to destroy. But in the East and in other cultures, you mentioned like in, in Mesoamerica also like with serpents, like there oh, yeah, the winged serpent. Yeah. 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 It's um, yeah. They're destructive forces in, in some, in some ways, but ultimately yeah they're not in inherently evil and right and yeah. they're kind of a giver of life you know mm -hmm. um, it uh yeah it's amazing like uh, you know world history you can learn about world history just trying to learn about dragons <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much and uh You're welcome man. yeah yeah You're I, welcome. yeah hopefully uh i could see one of your exhibits in the in the coming coming years um, oh i have a question you probably can answer i had a hard time pronouncing dragon in in uh i don't think it's spanish language it's uh like indigenous language right that's how you say it yeah I might not be pronouncing it right, but yeah, it's uh -huh. a, in the Nastic, the, the feathered serpent or the plume. Right. Yeah. So I hope I didn't like mess it up, man. Damn. No, no, <laughs> most people, most Spanish speakers can't pronounce it. Because uh, it's not Spanish, right? No, no, no. no. It's, uh, yeah, it's Nahuatl. Nahuatl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, my, my name, Cuauhtémoc, is, is Nahuatl too. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a dope name. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, Anyways. the name Cuauhtémoc, I mean, not to, you know, make it about myself, but the, the name Cuauhtémoc is a descending eagle. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. See, I, that's the thing about, like, Western names. They don't have any, like, meaning <laughs> aside from, it's just, it's just like a facade, you know? It's just, it, it it don't go any deep than just yeah. the spelling of it, you know, or, um, and then, and if it does have any meaning, it's something dumb, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> shoemaker or something, you know, it's like, um, whereas like the, the different cultures in the world, um, and especially I see it true with the Asian cultures, like the, uh, because, like uh, Japanese use the Chinese characters. Even the characters have different meanings or it's based on a, a, a specific thing, but it can be used 
into different uh, variations uh, of the language, I guess. And um, I, I feel like it's so much, like other languages and other cultures have so much deeper like meaning behind their language. It's, what, does it's gajin, what does Gajin mean? So Gajin, gajin Jin is a uh, person and Ga is um, uh, grace. grace and elegance. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, but yours is dope, man. I, I, I like that. The, the um, it's the ascending eagle. Yeah, or it's uh, what's the term when like an eagle is coming down for its prey? It's like the... Oh, like yeah, I forget. Like soup, souping or something. Like souping eagle. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. You know what comes into my 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 mind when you said that? What? <laughs> uh, the Judas Priest album cover. I'm Have not you... familiar with it. Which one? Um, it's like a. It's like a, it's one of the albums. Uh, it's like an eagle, like a metallic eagle, kind of swooping down. You know. Oh, I see it's, it. Yeah. It's pretty dope. <laughs> and you're and when you're painting in, um, I think it's No Man's Land. You have a, cu a couple of half half birds, and they're kind of coming down like that. Too. Yeah, they're coming down to to uh, swoop on the the coyote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dope painting, man. I, I, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, your your most recent paintings I've been uh, particularly really excited about. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank cause, you. Yeah, because the whole like geography, the connection to the story, uh -huh. of LA, and yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's, that's the whole series, or I don't know if it already is. Yeah, it's kind of like a little series. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, yeah, I'd I'd love to stay in touch, and yeah, hopefully, you know, we uh, we can meet up in person one of these. Yeah, maybe one day I can like drop by the, the your library. Is it open? Right now, we're only open. Uh, we're only doing a curbside pickup. Curbside. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when all this fucking shit turns over, because <laughs> the world's all flipped over. Yeah. around um but yeah once we start settling back to normalcy some kind of normalcy mm -hmm. i'd like to uh visit the library awesome like, yeah do a shirt swap or something <laughs> all right all right <laughs> that'll be cool yeah but uh thanks for having the library in the community man i'm, I'm pretty sure it means a lot to a lot of the young people there and 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 just the community in general mm -hmm. So thank you. Cool. Well, have a great rest of your day. And like I keep saying, you I too. appreciate you. Oh, man. All good. And uh, have a good 4th of July weekend, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll probably just be doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Peace. Thank you. So ends another episode of Libro Schmibros, recorded at the bilingual nonprofit Libro Schmibros Lending Library in Boyle Heights. By all means, follow us online in all the old familiar places or email us via info at libroschmibros.org. By the way, we couldn't do this podcast without the whole Libros team, Quatemoc, Colleen, Diana, and Alberto. And all of them would kill me if I didn't add this. Please consider visiting libroschmibros.org, hitting the donut button, <laughs> <laughs> the donate button and giving us a gift. We put good free books into people's hands five days a week here at Libros, right across from Mariachi Plaza up in the old Boyle Hotel. I'm David Kippen, and there'll always be a free book for you and thousands more to borrow here at Libros Schmibros. <laughs>